are now tuned in to this week's episode on Togcast. It is our mission to bring you guest speakers sharing their latest and greatest tips, skills, stories and know-hows within their market. Let's get going. Hey everyone and welcome to today's podcast. Today we are talking about how to stand out in the January market which is always saturated with jobs and giving tips and advice to those companies out there looking to hire within this time frame. We are joined by fellow Toggers, Anne Williams and Jen Richardson. Hello ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. We are also joined with producer Bex, and we have a new addition today, Poppy Kent, who joins us um, from the University Centre Peterborough for work experience. And Beck is going to be showing her all the behind-the-scenes production activity at the Togcast headquarters. So, welcome everyone. Hello, nice to be here. Thank you for inviting us again. And this is your third time. Yeah. <laughs> One Just, of these days I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> it gets easier. And Jen, this is your first time. Yes, Leanne, you have been on at me for quite a while and I've <laughs> finally succumbed. But this is such a great topic because this happens every year. Last year we did a podcast helping candidates out in the job market. So why not help the clients out this year? It's a busy time of year. Everyone's got their new budgets and they've got their new jobs and they're looking for those top talents. So what can companies do to stand out in the saturated job market um where do you want to start ladies i think the 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 first thing to start with is always how you put yourself out to the market to stand apart from candidates it sounds obvious but it's something that a lot of people fall at the first hurdle with so it is about the branding of the employer what they have to offer and what they what's in it for the candidate it's very much a two-way stretch these days and mm-hmm. i think that has to be paramount in all employers minds that it's not just about what they can get from it but what the candidate can get from it on the other side of the fence absolutely right and um candidates these days are actually after a lot more than just a salary they're looking far more into benefits and just the overall culture um of a business so thinking of all of those kind of things when you're when you're coming into the market with a job is really important. So how would clients or any companies um, get that across? Would that be in the job description potentially? Or do you think it should be a bit further afield? Like if the candidate was going to be researching all these companies that they're looking into, do you think it should be on their social, on their websites? I think it's a it's a it's a bit of everything and not too toot the horn of a recruiter but I think that's where we can really help a client because you can have the best branding in the world but putting the personality on the business Mm -hmm. is something that has to be done on an individual basis so yes branding is very important social presence is incredibly important as well I think where we were three years ago pre-covid we're in a completely different space and I think candidates are a lot more savvy about what they're going into. They're not just looking for a job. They want a career. They want an experience. They want to feel valued. So it's also about the add-ons that a, an employer will give them, not only the benefits, holiday, that sort of basic, but also the the work-life balance, 
the value that they could bring to the company, the future prospects, stuff that we would probably take for granted. Mm -hmm. But I think it's about how you put that forward to a candidate from a client's perspective. And there's only so much an advert on a job board can do. Yeah. I agree. And it's, it's very, there's many more dimensions um, than just a, a job advert or description um, and uh, as Anne says, not to toot our own horn, um, but the abilities that we have here to be able to meet with our clients, know many of them very, very well, um, and to be able to experience that culture firsthand um, by spending time visiting sites, um, even going into the rooms where people would be working um, in knowing that they play Radio 1, that kind of thing, mm. we can really tell you what it is like to work there um, from having that first-hand experience with a client. Um, you're never going to get that just from a job ad. No. Um, and we really, you know, knowing our clients as well as we, as well as we do, are able to, to really sell that on to a potential candidate. Mm. And I imagine there's things out there like being able to take your dogs into the office, which would... I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, ladies, but which would sell a job to somebody over a different job if they if they were a dog lover and they had dogs at home and they wanted to, the freedom to be able to be flexible and bring them in. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> as a mum of four dogs, <laughs> I would definitely see that as a massive USP. Yeah. Um, I do think it is about the... It's about the less tangible stuff that will attract a candidate to accept a job. Salary is important. That is always going to be required because we need to pay the bills. But if you're looking at a role that pays a few thousand pounds less, but offers you that extra feel of being part of a family or being part of a large corporate where you've got a career plan set out, that will often be what pushes a candidate to take a job over another even though on the face of it it's paying less money right and it can be about the value add it can be about being able to take your dog into the office it can be about being able to have a duvet day once a year small things like that can make all the difference Mm -hmm. and I think that's where clients need to perhaps be aware that putting a job spec out there is fine but that is so small a percentage of actually finding the right person to Mm -hmm. fill the position Mm -hmm. so along with the employees branding and the evp and the proposition do you think that the company's value and mission is also quite important when looking for that next candidate do you think that's something that they would be looking for very much so i think values um and companies that actually stick to those values as well is is important um, and they need to make sure that that is well publicised um, mm-hmm. as, as we've already said on social media and website and explaining that in a recruitment um, process what's in really important to, to that organisation you know I work with a lot of clients who are working on um, sustainability um, environmentally fr- friendly projects um, sometimes that might be uh, a replacement for a product which is environmentally harmful you know batteries going into landfill um, waste and um, plastics which are ending up in the in the oceans and killing lots of marine life that kind of thing which is really important to people these days so that kind of mission is really quite obvious um, but I think there are some less obvious missions as well and values people that want to um 
you know be really diverse in in who mm. they are employing um i shouldn't really say em- employing you know who they want on their team um and they want to encourage people that m- might not find it that easy to get into various organizations mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, because if candidates can relate to the values of the company, then they might really want to work there because they feel like they can have an impact on in the environment. Or, um, So in this January market where, you know, there's loads of different companies all bidding for the same talent, it's quite difficult, would you say, for companies to know what an attractive package would look like? I think there are some companies that are blessed with options that are unending. You look at some of the really large businesses, which we don't really work with because of their corporate entity, but Facebook, Google, those sorts of businesses, Mm. their benefits are uh, never ending. Mm -hmm. And that's fantastic. But I think, so when you look at London up towards the A1 corridor, where we started as the one group, businesses don't necessarily have the ability to offer these never-ending benefits package and sometimes a lot of the businesses I work with are SMEs they're small companies owner managed and the the funds that they have to play with aren't always there Mm -hmm. but what they can still do is sell their business and the people who work for their business and they will still stand out above a large corporate entity sometimes because that's what the candidate wants to work for, a business where they are more of an individual than a number in a larger team. It's horses for courses, but I do think it's not just about the, the value of the package. It depends where you are in your career as well. If you've got a family to support and perhaps you're the only person working, you do have to look at the add-ons such as health insurance, the like, but a small company that turns over £2 million a year probably can't afford to pay health insurance for every single employee. So it's just weighing up the pros and cons. But there's a home for everybody, in my opinion, and there is a job for everybody, and it's finding the right fit for those candidates and those clients. I agree, Anne. Um, You know, these... These benefits, which are very visible that we see every day on on adverts, you know, talking about health cover and extra holiday and things like that are are all really, really valuable to lots of people. But nothing can really, really beat, I think, the vibe that you can get with certain organisations. And and you you can't really sell those as benefits, but a a truly sort of inclusive um, company culture where you know you really embrace no matter um, what diverse background you can you, you might come from um, caring people people that you know they know when something's wrong and the company's not too big when people know when someone's mm. just not right and can take them to one side and and find out how things are going um, you can't really you can't describe those kind of things as, as benefits, mm. um, but it is really, really important. And that's what we're talking about with, with culture and, and how companies really expressing that they have that kind of culture and, and ourselves as well, partnering with those that we can we can really, um, as I say, sell that to a potential candidate as well. Those things are, in my opinion, 
just as important if not more important mm. than say a health cover mm. yeah and actually you made a really good point earlier when you said that when because you can go to these places and speak to everybody and get a vibe for that culture then when you're speaking to candidates about the job you can really sell them firsthand what it's like mm. to work there whereas if they didn't use a recruitment agency then that candidate would be going into the office in that inv- interview environment where it might not be natural and you know as easy as what it would normally be so they might not get an actual sense of what the culture is actually like well your example of um a dog-friendly office yeah it's brilliant for me for jen for all of us who like dogs but what if yes, you're petrified of dogs exactly. mm. and you've gone for an interview and you were unaware that in reception is a wonderful little pooch that you're scared to death of yeah that's small true. things like that mm. make all the difference and Horses for courses, again, if you don't like dogs, you don't like dogs, and I totally get that. And just because other people do doesn't mean to say you should have to, Mm. but it would immediately put you on the back foot if you went for an interview without that previous information where I perhaps would say, Jen, do you like dogs? You said, no, I actually... I'm really scared of them. Absolutely, right. We'll we'll cross that job off the list. We'll cross that client off the list. I wonder whether there's a cat-friendly company where instead of dogs, <laughs> they have cats. You know they have those cat cafes that you can go in. I wonder if anyone's done that. If there is general start oh, I, <laughs> I was definitely thinking of um, proposing that idea for 2024, Leanne. You know, I've got a couple of cats who would very much enjoy... Um, walking around the Camborne office Um, but uh, yeah I think I'm not quite sure how that would uh, go down with people being more allergic and that kind of thing true true Um, what about career development programs um, and that kind of learning and development side of things do you think that's important when candidates are job hunting absolutely very much so I mean not to everybody um, but a lot of people want to know where might I be in a couple of years, five years, ten years, um, to know that there is going to be some kind of development um, available to them and what that path looks like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it depends on where you are in your life and it doesn't have to be anything related to age. It just can be you've had something happen personally where you just want to be able to go to work do a good job go home but not stress about it at three o'clock in the morning you might be thinking to yourself do you know what the kids have flown the nest now's my time I want to absolutely go nuts work 12 hour days and it's probably considered a non-topic these days but it still happens and people still get a kick out of working And if that's what somebody's looking for, then there will be companies that are a bit more high octane. Maybe they're going on a massive growth spurt and therefore they need people to be present. That doesn't mean to say they're a bad business because there's a very good chance, as with all companies, there are peaks and troughs in the the business um, turnover, so to speak. No, how the business is operating Mm -hmm. and therefore the 12 hour days will turn into a six hour day when times are quieter. I think it's all about what the candidate's looking for and that's where we as recruiters, and this isn't to bring it back to us, but it is going to come back to us, we can suss out what this person wants. Mm -hmm. If I spoke to you, Leanne, 10 years ago, you were probably looking for a different work-life balance to the one you've got now. Definitely. And personally, when I've got a puppy... 
I need to be more present at home than mm. when I my puppy is two years old, mm. maybe. I had a puppy ten years ago. Oh. Well. So, yeah. A puppy and a daughter. <laughs> yes. Wowzers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with the L&D sort of angle, what about um, recognition and awards and those things that maybe employees do internally to try and promote um you know how how well people are doing within the business do you think that's something that they should showcase within their recruitment or do you think that's something that they maybe leave to the interview stage or i think they should showcase it but probably not over saturate because otherwise what have you got to talk about when you interview Mm -hmm. but i think if you look at tog it's a perfect example Mm -hmm. we're sat in the room with a lady bex who joined us as a raw trainee and has recently graduated with a degree and we've also got another lady poppy who is on that path tog is great at developing people they don't just recruit people like jen and i who've got loads of experience and we do talk about our zero to tog we do talk about our campaign where we basically bring people through from zero to no experience to being an experienced recruiter but we don't push it down people's throats. Mm -hmm. It's getting the balance because we also want to attract people to realise that we will support them, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to make it look as if that's all we do. So if I were looking for a role as an experienced recruiter, would I go to talk? Well, no, because they like to recruit people with no experience. Right. So it's balancing it. And it's just showing that we have a plethora of opportunities, regardless of age, experience everything Mm. if you want if you've got the right attitude and aptitude at tog as an example there's a there's a job here for you and i would hope that most companies would have the same approach although there are certain jobs that you have to do with certain experiences Mm. yeah and what about um if the companies won their own awards or they've been recognized for an, an, an industry standard of something um i mean we were quite lucky this year to win some awards of our own but would that be something that companies should shout about in the recruitment process to try and attract those candidates 100 percent. you know they've got those awards for for a reason just as as we have and there's all kind of um awards and recognitions that companies that can uh, can gain such as you know there's the times 100 um, best employers and, and I work with a few clients that that have that um, can boast that as well so uh, that's something I will always um, mention um, but yeah local awards I think you know having a, a local um, best employer um, that kind of thing as as we've we've won three awards now for I think yes. Leanne um, is really something to to sell to the to the candidate. You know we have been put aside from several other probably more than that businesses and there's reasons for that why we've won that won that award. So definitely that's something um, for for companies to shout about um, to to make themselves um, you know look good in the marketplace. Mm. There's nothing wrong with celebrating your success. I think we are British and by nature of the beast we are, oh, you shouldn't go around patting yourself on the back too much, <laughs> but it's just balancing it, right? Yeah. So that it doesn't look like you, the business, is bigger than the employee that you're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. And that is always going to be a tough one to get right. There are some companies in the area that have an amazing reputation and win awards 
there are other businesses, this is just showing my age in the market, who have a, an awful reputation but also win awards. Mm-hmm. So you want people to do the talking from internal outlets almost. But, yeah, you should definitely celebrate it. Okay. So what about, um, I don't know, the recruitment process? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into the whole recruitment process and being transparent and responsive. Do you have any tips and advice for, for clients through, throughout this sort of journey? Um, as, as we're going into to January, where the, the New Year, New Me candidates come out, um, historically in January to, to find new jobs there are going to be lots and lots and lots of applications um, it is very very difficult to be able to go back on every application um, and, and to let let candidates know sometimes if they haven't been successful uh, we do try to do that and we do, we do try to keep candidates informed um, on, on status of their applications mm. um, when we're doing that you know, I can I can completely appreciate the the volume that must be coming in um, to organisations through whatever their platforms are, LinkedIn, and it, it is just a, a very very difficult um, job to do. Um, I would definitely, in terms of candidate experience, um, making sure people have a good experience on the application process. You know, even if it is an automated response, that's mm-hmm. better than nothing. Um, any more detail um, really, really is a bonus on that. Um, just to sort of maintain the positive reputation of the company um, and make sure it is, as I say, it is. It's it's not something that somebody's going to put on glass door. You know, never mm-hmm. heard back from them, and after an interview, we see that all too often here. Even if it's one of those automated emails that say we're dealing with a lot of applications, if you don't hear back from us, it's because you've been unsuccessful. Like even an automated email like that could maybe nip a lot of those unresponsive, you know, in 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 the bud. Yeah, I spoke to a candidate the other day actually, and he said to me that he'd interview for a role in the summertime directly through um, a really big business in the area. And they'd had a telephone screening with him, which was fine, said he'd hear back in a week. And four weeks later, he hadn't heard anything from that um, Mm. business. And he looked on the website and he seen that he he had he saw that he'd been rejected. Um, But that meant that he when he spoke about this business has a really sullied view of them mm. and they are a large company that probably could benefit from his services in the future albeit not necessarily for that job mm. and it is about looking at the big picture and not just okay you're not right for this job thanks Leanne we'd love to have you as a marketing manager but not now but please keep in touch because there will be opportunities in the future mm. and we're growing yeah. and that means that you come away thinking actually the one group's a great business even though I haven't got the job with them I still want to keep engaging mm. and small things like the viral liking of media posts you're going to do that if you see something on socials about the one group versus about a another business that has just ghosted you for four weeks yeah that's true I think we are dealing with humans. I say to my candidates and clients that my product is people and it's the most intangible product you're ever likely to work with, but also the most joyous one. But if you treat people badly, they'll always remember the bad stuff over the good stuff, which is a human nature way of reacting to things. I do. I don't remember the good stuff as well as the much, the bad stuff is the bit that sticks in my mind. So 
just treat as you want to be treated and do that if you're recruiting as well Mm. I think that's a really good point and we live in a small area when you look at London up towards East Anglia versus London as a whole you can recruit for a job in London and probably never encounter that candidate ever again if Mm -hmm. you recruit for a job in where I recruit in Huntingdon there's a good chance that where I recruit in Huntingdon will eventually that person might move to Cambridge Mm -hmm. And they'll be thinking, well, the one group aren't very good if I've not given them a good service, mm. even though I would probably not work with them. Mm. So just be human. Yeah. Treat people properly. Well, we've discussed an awful lot today, which has been really good. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add before we move on to the final task? I think getting ahead of the game as early as, as possible is a good thing to do at this time of year. Um, you know, a lot of people think that uh, we all go to sleep in December and we stop working and it's all about January. That is very much not the case. You know, Anne, like me, I'm sure you've got plenty of people going out to interview at the moment mm-hmm. and some in that last week before Christmas. So it, there's still a lot of activity out there. If you were thinking of waiting till January, either as a candidate or um, looking to hire somebody, why wait? Why not get ahead of that crazy rush mm. now or at least have a chat to us about that that job that you're looking to hire in the new year so we can start talking now um, and, and planning to uh, to get those interviews sorted for you. Mm. I also think between Christmas and New Year, after Christmas Day and Boxing Day, people's minds turn to the next stage of their life, which is, yeah, New Year's if you're that person. I'm not. It never works out as well as I expected. So <laughs> where the disappointment? Yeah, it is very much so. But I think that break that most of us have in force, which is really nice, gives us time for pause mm-hmm. and to think. Right, what do I want to do next? Mm-hmm. Don't wait until January. Um, there's always email. There's always telephone calls. And there's always too much Christmas TV and boredom with your family. So I love a Christmas film. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I love a Home Alone. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, ladies. This has been such a great conversation. Hopefully, it's been really helpful to all those companies out there that are going to be putting out jobs in the January market. Or um, before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before. So to wrap up this podcast then, we like to end on the one word, which is one word from all of our guests, um, just to sort of sum up the session and to leave something with everyone to ponder and think about for the rest of the day. I like to go first. And to quote you, Anne, earlier you said home for everyone, which I absolutely loved. And uh, so that's going to be my one word, although it is three. Poppy, what's your word? My one word was talent. Amazing. Thank you, Poppy. Bex? Be active. Love it. And Jen? I was going to say turkey, but I think I'm going to say (laughs) responsive, um, you know, based off the needs of the market, what people are actually looking for, and of course, responsive to applications. Yeah, I do like turkey, though. (laughs) (laughs) And Anne? Uh, Communication. Yeah. Keep it open. Whatever the end is. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, ladies. And thank you all for listening today. Um, Please subscribe to Toddcast so you never miss an episode and make sure you catch up on all our previous episodes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That's a wrap for this week's episode. If you want to be our next guest speaker on Toddcast, then get in touch with The One Group. And don't forget to subscribe. We would hate for you to miss the next one. Oh, 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 oh,